This is what I've been saying. The three L's. Listen, learn, and lead. The advisors that do that are the advisors that are going to win. The value of bespoke advice has never been higher. You're listening to Coindesk's On Purpose with Tyrone Ross. And infrastructure, money movement, security. security. The wealth management space is not set up to deal with the client of the future. And man, is that an incredible opportunity. A licensed investment advisor and powerful storyteller. Tyrone has a passion for digital assets and their ability to disrupt our current way of life. How do I protect myself? How do I protect my firm? How do I protect my clients? This show is for advisors by advisors. Advise on purpose in the arising realm of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. And now, Tyrone Ross. Welcome back to another episode of the On Purpose Podcast. I am your host, Tyrone Ross. It is a Sunday evening, 8.35 p.m. to be exact here on the West Coast. Bitcoin is hanging on to dear life, right around $40,000, I believe. Let me check Coindesk.com. Shout out to my Coindesk family. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Let's refresh this thing. Yeah, $40,800. down right around 2%, almost 3%. So the markets are doing what the markets do. Uh, A lot of news coming out, global macro news, industry news within the crypto space. But Bitcoin seems to be range bound right now between 38, 42,000, right? Kind of stuck in that range there. It was a little run up a little while ago. A couple days ago was touched 42,000. So For those of you that do like to track the price, there's your price update. But we're focused on the long term here. By the way, kids, if you are going to invest in crypto, five-year time horizon at minimum. Those are my two Satoshis. And there we have it. We've, uh, We've moved on from that portion of the conversation. So why are we here? This is an episode that is long overdue. I should have done this the minute the executive order that President Biden released was put out, but I was actually in Oregon, shout to the Oregon FPA. I was there to talk to them about crypto. Gave me some good fodder because it came out literally the day I was about to walk on stage. So addressed it really quickly. I skimmed it and didn't really get much time to get into it. So I, I want to focus most of the conversation on that and the regulatory environment. And then there was some other news as well with the SEC coming out and saying that they have some recommendations for the custody rule, which came out of their investment advisor compliance conference that they were at. And I believe the director of the Division of Investment Management rather was there and he made some comments about it. So I want to get into that as well. And also some other industry news as it pertains to RIAs and the wealth management space. So first things first, the executive order. President Biden put out an executive order, which essentially just let everyone know, all right, here it is. We're going to build a framework and we need some regulatory guidance on the entire space. I think everyone in the space knew that it was coming. I think a lot of us were very nervous about what would be in it. I think coming out of it, We're all mostly encouraged. 
few things that I've been able to do is sit and think about since this has come out, probably about a week or so, been able to sit, get some opinions, read, and kind of really look at how some of my peers and colleagues took it. And I've mostly agreed with everything. And I think everyone just agreed, yes, one, we need regulatory clarity. And that's the one thing I want to make a distinction on here, right? Folks say, oh, we need regulation. Well, we kind of have some. Do we need more? Yes. Clarity, I think, again, going to the custody rule, it depends on where you sit. If you are an RIA, you kind of have clarity. If you're an advisor, you have clarity. Use some more, sure, but there has been some regulatory guidance, if you will, more clarity needed for sure. Overall, for the space, I think everyone agrees that the exchanges need some oversight. I was a part of the SEC Investment Advisory Committee meeting where I mentioned, you know, investor protections, if you will, needs to be clarified of what they actually mean there and who they're looking after. It is clear that stable coins and the whole DeFi space they see as a threat to the existing financial system. So all of these things thrown into a pot and stirred around, you knew that we were going to get some type of order, right? (laughs) Executive order or something from the government and this administration, which has clearly looked at crypto as being a nuisance. Let's put it that way. My feelings are the following. I don't have much faith in this administration. But it seems as though, based on what I read, that they want to be very thoughtful about the U.S. being a hub for innovation, that they are very thoughtful about financial inclusion. I would like for them to define what they mean for financial inclusion to me, but that's a whole nother story. It's clear that they have thought about a central bank digital currency, which on one hand, I think is garbage. But on the other hand, I think it's fantastic because when you have the millions of people in this country, 5% who are air quote unbanked, you know, 20% or so that are underbanked and you have a bunch of folks that took forever to get their stimulus or did get the debit cards in the mail and and threw them out or, or didn't get them at all based on snail mail and they can just get central bank digital currency airdrop to their account. Um, or being able to walk into a post office, which is why we need post office banking, by the way. I'm okay with that. But it's another way to uh, surveil and and overlook people. And whether you consider it that good or bad, that's not my place. But, you know, folks look at it as, you know, they're trying to become a surveillance state. Okay, that's one way of looking at it. But if the trade-off means that there are millions and millions of Americans that can get access to these stimulus measures quickly and timely to be able to feed their families and take care of themselves. I'm all for that. Should we be able to do that without a central bank digital currency? 100%. Starting with the real-time payment system. How about that? How about we just get that done? That wasn't mentioned in there, but how about we do that? How about we talk to banks about these ridiculous overdraft fees? How about we address some of the usurious ways of which payday lenders and everything, you know, continue to take advantage of people on one hand, but also looking at the service that they do provide in the way that they provide them. Because the data shows that the people that use them aren't necessarily that pissed off at the service that they get from 
payday lenders and all of these folks. So there's a lot of nuance here. So I think if they feel like embracing crypto solves all of the ills that the financial system still has, wrong. Uh, Central bank digital currency doesn't solve that. I think looking at crypto alongside of the traditional financial system and looking at it and realizing that it shines a light on all of the issues. This is what I've said about Bitcoin. It just shines this big light on all of the issues that are wrong with the current system. Wires, ACH, the cost to send a wire, the cost to you know, send remittances, settlement times, T plus two, all these things, just horrendous. Overall, I think the executive order was one where no one looked at it and was go, oh, this is horrible. All bark, no bite. I believe in it, which is very interesting from an advisor standpoint, that they were given, you know, 180 days um, to two folks. I think the RA space would care about one, the SEC, two, the CFTC. I believe the FDIC is involved in there as well. All of the alphabet boys and girls are forced to come to the table and figure out a path forward here, which if you've been following the space at all, one of the things that I've been saying is, man, oh man, would every RIA in the country appreciate if the SEC and the CFTC got together and gave some unified guidance here, right? Who is doing what and why? Whether it's, you know, the CFTC saying they feel that most of these coins at the exchanges are commodities, but the SEC and Gensler saying we think they're securities. All of these different things is important to be addressed and have some clarity. If there is going to be a a spot Bitcoin ETF, there is one. And the exchanges are governed by the SEC or the CFT, somebody, right? So there's some guidance there. If you throw in the FDIC and now all of a sudden there's some type of insurance model, even better. But I do like the fact that they were given 180 days to come to the table with some things to figure that out. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like moving forward. So as far as the wealth management space is concerned, nothing groundbreaking. Just good to know that the the SEC and the CFTC and the FDIC are going to have to come together and present to the administration some unified thoughts and processes on how we actually oversee and govern the crypto space. So I don't think that's a bad thing. Now, right after that, you saw the DOL make an announcement that they are looking at cryptocurrencies, as they call them, inside of 401ks. And as of right now, we all know and believe that they don't think that that's a good idea, but they're taking a look at it. And that news actually dropped as I was going to speak at the Retirement and Longevity Summit uh, conference. Shout to Ross Marino and everyone at Advisor 2X about crypto and retirement accounts. And I told them the minute I got on stage that I think this conversation in 2022 is going to be much different than this conversation in 2032. So as of right now, I think if you are an advisor and you work with retirees, crypto assets aren't in the conversation. But when you look at what's coming, 30, 40 year olds, the oldest millennials are 40, by the way, going into their peak earning years and the wealth transfer that is happening, you're going to see retirement portfolios look different in the future. And it'll be very interesting to see how and when it gets into 401ks, right? You have 37 trillion of retirement assets, 15 trillion or so in IRAs. 
you have 90 million people who invest in 401ks, by the way, 20 million of which are not fully vested in their 401ks. So very interesting, the dynamics here when you start to look at crypto and retirement accounts. Like everything else, it's pending. It's going to happen. Is it early? Yes. But again, with the DOL being forced to put out a statement and say that they're looking at what that may mean shortly after the executive order and all of the governing bodies coming together, I think we'll be able to get a path forward. ERISA and all of these, like just, just some clarity on what is what, what is security, what is not a security, who is governing exchanges, is there coverage? All of these different pockets that folks are going to need to know who's culpable, security, uh, record keeping, all of these things is going to be very important. Tax information, this is all going to be very important if crypto sees its acceptance within the retirement space. Now, moving on to the last piece of what I mentioned, which was the SEC saying, they're going to start to take a look at custody rule and new recommendations on custody for crypto companies and air quote qualified custodians. This is interesting because I think we all agree that no matter what, the custody rule needs updating, right? Based on the Advisor Act, advisors looking for a custodian for crypto and a lot of these state chartered custodians that aren't necessarily banks, but have gone through the state charter to become qualified custodians or trust companies or all these other things. So the definition of a qualified custodian, again, something else that needs to be updated and custody. What does it mean to have custody of assets that needs to be updated? So all of these things is really, really important when you look at as well, like an anchorage, that is a bank and the broad acceptance of Anchorage to be that one true qualified custodian in the crypto space based on acceptance of the OCC, obviously the SEC now and CFTC and all of the governing bodies, right? That they all again align here, hopefully after this order. And maybe there's a new definition of what a qualified custodian is in the crypto space. Who knows? But the SEC now is literally telling advisors, we're taking a look at this, which is interesting. I've always said that this needed to be updated. But what's interesting here, they're taking a look at it at a time now forecasting where I feel as though you got to twist the lens because it's going to be about the custody that is non-custodial where custody is with the individual, not with a centralized entity, hence non-custodial. So custody, who has custody? And what does it mean if an individual has custody of the assets and not the actual advisor? What does it mean when for estate planning purposes and where's the crypto domiciled? Where is it if it is with a centralized entity? What happens from you know, an inheritance and true estate planning purposes overall. What happens if a client wants an advisor or an estate planning attorney to hold a key? Is that custody? So many different things here that are interesting 
as advisors start to really warm up to what the hell is going on in crypto and a lot of the things that are continuing to be an issue, the two main things for the RAAs, again, as the Bitwise study told us, first was the regulatory overhang, second was custody. Here's what I know. There's tweets to document this. There is clear, clear, clear desire from the investment advisors all across the country to have custody at a name and brand they trust. Hard stop. And that name and brand, you know where I'm going, say it with me, Fidelity. (laughs) And then Schwab and then Pershing. This is just what it is. And when mass adoption happens in the space, and we all know for those that are punch drunk in the space, speaking of punch drunk, I'm going to take a sip of my kombucha. For those of us that are punch drunk, we know that Fidelity Digital Assets is available right now. But when it's prime time, when the advisors that they don't even know that Fidelity Digital Assets exist and know that they can just custody whatever at Fidelity and buy and not have to worry about private keys and public keys and tax information and crime brokerage and all, it's just done. That's a new day. I don't think that's too far off, by the way. But it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Again, especially with now you have MetaMask with 30 million (laughs) monthly active users, very much a non-custodial platform. Oh man, it's a new day. Some interesting things happening here. So the last thing that I'll bring up, which is interesting, I was reading uh, Gavin Spencer's newsletter, shout to Gavin. He had a piece in there about advisors' lack of satisfaction with CRM platforms. I tweeted shortly before coming on here that I think when crypto reaches its heyday with the RA space, CRM platforms will have their day in the sun. Why? Well, if you look at the core functionality of what a CRM is there for, (laughs) taking notes, background on a client, updates, or anything important or material to giving advice to a client about their financial life with you, I think when crypto really goes mainstream in the RA space, think we'll see that number turn because advisors are going to live in their CRM. They're going to live in the planning software, not so much in the PMs, the trading platforms, because they won't be trading for clients as much as they are trading any other asset right now. I'll take that bet. So I think that's a very interesting development in the space because, again, shout out to my Wealthbox family and Redtail and all of the others, Salesforce and all the deal. But right now, I think it's just one of those things that advisors feel like they need as part of their tech stack, right? The holy trinity, as I call it, planning software, portfolio management software, and a CRM. But when you have to document so much and you're going to require so much data and analytics from what the client is doing away and getting notification of this you know, transaction or this cost basis needed or this change in the client's portfolio position that is outsized and went from 5% to 25% in the last two weeks. All of these different data points that advisors are constantly going to get inside of the CRM, I think it it hits the rocket fuel. It's going to go nutty at that point because advisors are going to know, okay, I have to document all of this. The status of the relationship with the client. I'm not giving advice on this. Client asked me to have discretion on this. Client positions was this, 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 and this. Six months into the year, portfolio was out of whack. 
based on this. Client has opened X amount of accounts at these different places, all of these different things. I think the CRM platforms are aligning themselves to benefit from this. And I know Mr. Rourke and the folks at Wealthbox are because he is a fellow crypto hippie. He understands what is happening here. It is still very early, but it's coming. Redtail as well. and A few others. So it's important that everyone understand the other side of it too, which is this. The CRM more than likely is not necessarily going to be the favorite tool, right? Or the most used tool of the advisor. And data shows, I think uh, Mr. Kitsis and his folks did some research and it is the most coveted part of the stack. So most coveted, but least satisfactory. So if that is the case, then there's a disconnect. But what you look at is who's using the CRM. More than likely, it's probably not the advisor. It's someone else in the office that is using the CRM and their frustrations with it bleeds over into the advisor's frustration with it. So as the CRM evolves and as the things that make crypto interesting, as the CRM evolves, hopefully the UX is much easier for the folks that are forced to constantly update it. But hopefully the data and information is being piped into the platform makes it easier in real time to get the information and that is less of a drag for those that use it. Last thing I'll say here, which is an interesting data point, advisors spend 14 hours per year, per year, per client on manual tasks. 14 hours, right? And the average advisor has around 75 clients. So if you do the math, what is that, right? Around six weeks or so that they spend on manual tasks, the book of business. So the CRM can help cut that down but also knowing which tool to use and when. And again, those that are using it, if they're getting information in real time, real time updates, that is making it easier to filter this data into the right places for the right client to generate reports, to update client information in real time. I think that's really when it goes next level. So with that, that is right now my wealth management update. I'm going to start doing these every once in a while when I feel like there's information that the entire space can benefit from. I used to do this a lot, whether with walk and talks or tweets, where I would take information and just kind of break it down for advisors. So it's fun to have the ability to do this by pod. Okay, so with that, I will end here. Some housekeeping items you already know. Consensus 2022. June 9th through 12th in Austin. I will be at a Waffle House every day. Shout out to everybody in Austin. We are on the way. Also, the Crypto for Advisors newsletter. Sign up for it. Some great pieces coming out of the Crypto Advisor newsletter. Also, for those of you that have been sharing and listening to the pod, I appreciate you so much. Continue to share, like, subscribe, all of that. And lastly, you know what's coming. If you found any value in this whatsoever, run over to nokidhungry.org. Help me help Coindesk end child hunger in this country. I will see you all on the next one. Love and light. I appreciate you. You've been listening to On Purpose with Tyrone Ross. Today's show has been produced, edited, and announced by Michelle Mousseau with additional production support from Eleanor Paul. Our theme song is Walk With Swag. 
If you have any topics or questions for Tyrone, he would love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at coindesk.com or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. As Tyrone mentioned, don't forget about Consensus 2022 by Coindesk. Check out all the information you need to know at coindesk.com. And from all of us here at On Purpose, thanks for listening.